You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Man Coverage Podcast. I am Mike Payton of Pride of Detroit. Today, well, today was a little interesting. We we had a guest, we had a guest book, and then, you know, life happens sometimes. And uh, he got to a car accident, and he's okay. Don't worry about that. But what we got today is a guest that I'm really excited about having uh, because this guy... I, I got some stuff to tell him today, and I don't think he's 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 gonna know this. I definitely know he doesn't know this, but but today we got our own Pride of Detroit's own Jerry Mallory on today. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I you know I think about uh, Jim Leland and those good old heyday Tiger days. They have a nice little lineup, you know, star-studded guys one through nine. But every now and then you had to bring in that pinch hitter. So I'm glad to fill in today, man. How's it going? It's, it's good, good, and I'm glad you, you're a pinch hitter, man, and I know you're going to knock it out of the park because uh, that's what you usually do. So uh, so today we're kind of winging it. We're just going to talk, man. Uh, let me just start things off by there was a – let's go back in time for a minute here because there was a time when I had no idea what Pride of Detroit was. Um, and the way that I found Pride of Detroit, and I've never told anybody this, but the way that I found Pride of Detroit is because of you. I found it because I watched your videos, and then I started watching your videos every week. And then it was like, man, I want to work here. Uh, so, Jerry, I don't know if you knew that, but I mean, you're the you're the inspiration behind this all this whole thing, man. Like, if I never would have seen those videos, I, I don't know if I would have ever known what Pride of Detroit is. Uh, I didn't know. That's pretty cool, man. So we can look at it this way. Uh, some people might like the videos or not, but I think your approval rating is probably as close to high as it can get. So you guys just keep that in mind. No matter if you're iffy on my videos, uh, we got Mike Payton here. So that's cool. I didn't know that, man. Well, hey, I, I appreciate the uh, you talking about my approval rating. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the videos, man. Uh, I always have. Um, I, I watch them every week. I, I, I remember one that sticks out in particular to me. Your, I think your power was out. So you did it in the dark. Uh, I still, I thought that was great, man. You still pulled it off. Even in the dark, your video was great. Hey, uh, you know, a little bit of darkness can't stop the show, right? Right. So, uh, so Jerry, you know, tell me about yourself, man. I mean, we've been working together for four years, but you know, I'm on one side of the state, you're on the other, so we don't get to see each other all that much. So, you know, where, where did, where did, where does the Jerry Mallory story begin? And, you know, how, how, how big are the lines uh, to your youth? Oh, man, the Lions are huge to my youth. So um, I always put it with football. It was like a special thing. Uh, basketball, my sister, my older sister, she got me into basketball. She was a huge fan of the bad boys, 
I'm a, I'm 35. So I, I remember the bad boys somewhat. I was like four or five in their heyday. But so my right. sister got me into basketball. She was a huge fan of the bad boy era Pistons. She was a huge fan of the Knicks and John Starks. My dad got me into baseball. He played baseball, um, had a pretty you know decent semi-professional career. But I got into football myself. I mean, it was the one sport that, you know, a family member didn't encourage me to watch. I just kind of cut it on. I think most people in my age range, when you talk about loving football and loving the Lions, it's Barry Sanders, man. You know, you're 10 years old, 11 years old. And the things he did, I didn't take them for granted, but I didn't know 25 years later we would still never see that again. Uh, so my fandom for the Lions, uh, it started with Barry. And it's just carried on ever since, man. So I've always tried to be around the Lions, whether it's uh, as a fan or reader of Pride of Detroit or watching the games. You know, it, it's pretty much in terms of sports fandom, everything centered around the Lions for me, man. So that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Oh, man. Uh, you know, you brought up the Pistons. You brought up basketball. It's really hard for me to not want to turn this into a basketball podcast. I mean, I, Jeremy has told me that I can I cannot book basketball writers, even oh, though I tried to. I I wanted to get James Edwards from a Athletic on the on the pod, and I want to talk man. to Rod Beard. I, I love all those guys so much, and uh, I mean, it for me, it's 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 a it's a really hard battle between football and basketball. I mean, I obviously love the Lions, I love football, but man. Come basketball season, you can't tear me away, man. I'll watch every single game. I, I love love the Pistons. Hey, love them so much. Check this out, Mike. Maybe one of these days we can do a one-off podcast. I'm like you. I'm a huge Pistons fan. I did a, a Pistons podcast with my cousin a few years ago, and, I mean, we really enjoyed it. We talk about basketball, you know, at nauseum. We've got these group chats and things. So, hey, maybe one of these days we can do a one-off podcast, man. Me and you, we can talk some hoops. I'm down. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that as well. The good thing is, is we're both 35, so we both remember the the bad boy era that we remember, you know, from what as much as we can. We were young, right? right? right. Uh, but we remember the teal era, obviously, and uh, you know, <laughs> the era between teal and the going to work era. So I'm looking a at a teal gray hill jersey right now, dude. <laughs> oh man, uh, you know, I know I'm on a podcast, but he's breaking out the screen. I got this Grant Hill action figure here. I wish everybody could see this. You're a man after my heart. We're geeking out right now. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah, you know, Barry Sanders obviously is, you know, he was inspiration to to a lot of people. And and most people that we've had on the pod always talk about how great of a player he was. But, um, you know, I mean, was there anything else that really stuck out to you other than Barry, I mean, did you ever go to the games when you were a kid? Did you head Did you head down to the Silverdome ever? Or? Yeah, I went to Silverdome a couple of times. Those were always fun experiences. You know, you drive a mile away, pay $30 for someone's random lot, and, you know, you have to walk. And, uh, I mean, that thing was just so loud, man. It was so packed. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing, in addition to Barry Sanders, was my family really instilled into me when we were growing up, you rooted for Detroit teams. There was right. no other option. I couldn't even buy, you know, in my school, Michael Jordan shoes were so popular, right? I, I couldn't dare walk into my house with a pair of Jordan shoes. We were like Detroit loyal, anti-Chicago Bulls, anti-Green Bay Packers. So I think my family really instilled in me that loyalty to Detroit and Detroit sports. And so it was always engraved in me. Even, you know, uh, the Red Wings, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but 
you know, if it was Detroit sports, we, it was instilled in us from day one. It wasn't an option. You had to root for the home team. So it all kind of fell naturally with the lions. I will say though, with the lions, I don't know, man, does the long suffering make us in some weird way, like them more because we want it to happen so bad. I think so. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always equated it to um, a, a few different things, but for me, it's like, you know, you keep, if we hold on, if we keep holding on, then we're going to feel like an orgasmic type joy when it finally happens. You know Bingo. what I mean? It's like, yep. It, 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 you know, I said this on the Kyle Mikey episode, but it's like, it's like losing your virginity, right? It's like you wanted to do it so bad for, you know, the first 15, 16, however long, many years of your life. And when it finally happened, you know, well, it wasn't as great as you expected it to be, but it was amazing, right? It was, it was the greatest, it was the greatest moment of your life to that point. Um, and I, I just feel like it's, it's going to be something similar to that. I mean, it, it's it's going to be worth the wait. I don't know if we're ever going to see it, but so it's going to be worth the wait. We're literally looking at millions in, in that illustrative comparison. We're looking at millions of football virgins. We're talking about our fathers, some of our fathers' fathers. Uh, some of us our age have sons yeah. now. I don't have any kids, but, you know, we're talking about generations of people that are waiting for that moment. This city's going to go crazy if it ever happens, man. You know how crazy Detroit's going to go if we ever win the Super Bowl or just get to the Super Bowl? Man, I, I heard stories uh, growing up about when the Tigers won the, the 84 World Series and people were out flipping cars and setting stuff on fire. Man, I don't know if Detroit can contain it. I really don't. I, I just don't. Man, they might. I don't know, man. We're going to burn Bob Lowe Island to the ground or something. I don't, I don't know, man. It's going to be wild. Yeah, I, you know, one, another, another thought on this, I, I think about the excitement of them potentially winning. I think sometimes actors, when they try to get in a certain role, if they need to evoke emotions, maybe they need to cry, they think of a moment and it gets them emotional. If I think about the Lions making it to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl enough, my eyes start to literally water just from imagining what it would yeah. be like for them to go to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. And I, I don't think I'm alone on that. No, you're not. You're not at all. And look, I know we're winging it today, so let's continue to wing it here. What is the one thing that you want to see the most out of it? Because for me, um, you know, obviously I want to see Matthew Stafford holding that Lombardi trophy over his head. And I want to see the the parade and I want to see all that stuff. But the thing I have always wanted to see more than anything is that Sports Illustrated commercial right after, you know, they cut to commercial you know, hey, Detroit, your team just won the Super Bowl. Buy the magazine, buy the T-shirt. You know, like I just I want to see that so badly uh, and I've never been able to. I mean, it it's just it's I don't know. It's something that I want so bad and I want to buy that shirt. And I want to buy that magazine and uh, right. and read it every day. You know, I mean, so do you have anything like that? I mean, is there anything you're looking forward to? Yeah, I would say the memorabilia is pretty high. When the Pistons won, I, I have a little uh, case with all the 2004 memorabilia. I have the Wheaties box. I have hats. I have Sports Illustrated. I've got that hat that you're showing. I've got the newspaper clippings. I got ticket stubs from every game I went to that year. I've got deflated bobble, uh, deflated thundersticks, bobbleheads. Oh, you got the, he's got the championship, Bill. I'm jealous of that. You know, so I think the memorabilia aspect would be extremely high for me. And then, two, 
So I, I don't consider myself really a, a, a self-indulgent person, Mike. Like I don't, you know, this is not me. I don't think at least I know a lot of people say that. But I think I would self-indulge in that moment because I feel like in my circle, whether it's within my family, my friends, I, I am the lion's guy. When they do bad, you know, people, yeah. hey, they're doing bad or they do good. It's like in my circle, and you're probably like this in your circle, and Jeremy's probably like this in his circle, we are kind of the lion's guy. So I would just love to kind of self-indulge with family, with friends. And, and then one last thing, too. It's just to get the respect, man. I know that may sound cheesy, but just to get just to get the love on ESPN and the respect, you know, we we're known as a laughing stock to be viewed, you know, as one of the big boys, you know, welcome to the club type of moment. That would mean so much. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. And and I would bring that to so, to social media as well. Like, you know, I mean. NFL posted something today. We're recording this on Tuesday, and the NFL Twitter tweeted out, you know, Matthew Stafford's uh, stats for Sunday. He had a great game, um, so it was worth worth tweeting that out. And and every single comment was about how bad the Lions are, and uh, and just you know how you know Matthew Stafford has never won anything. And it's just it would be nice to to shut those people up, man. If I'm being completely honest, it would be nice to just have those people eat crow. Uh, it, it would be amazing. I couldn't agree more, man. It would, it would feel good. So my sister, we talk about this from time to time. She says she's probably, she probably wants the lions to win as much as anyone that doesn't watch football, just for the sake of her little brother. So she, she follows them from a distance. She has recurring dreams where she's like uh, talking to the managers and the coaches. Hey, you better win this for my little brother. But uh, she mentioned something along the lines of in the moment that they win, would you be okay? Like, would you like sports as much anymore? Would you still, and I, I still would, but it would be such a relief, man. I think I would just really be good with whatever happened in the sports world from there on out for the lions, the Pistons, whoever, if I could just get this one thing, the lions to win the Super Bowl, I really think I'd be at peace. And so I, I, I'd be yeah. kind of chilling, man. I'd be playing with house money for the rest of time in terms of Detroit sports. I wouldn't want for anything else. Whatever else would happen would be a bonus. Yeah, your cup would be full. You know, I, I, dude, I, I am not a religious man, but I have prayed to God to give me that Super Bowl. <laughs> Just, like it's, it's a, like a, you know, if you're up there, man, like please help us, stop hurting sure. us, please, just give us one, give just us one. one, give it to. I will never ask for another sports thing again. Just please give me this. I'm and, with you, uh, man. Yeah, I think, I think the same thing. I, I don't know what a post Lions Super Bowl world would look like. I, I mean, obviously we we have to do this. This is our job. We get paid to do this, and um, so we're gonna have to continue to watch the games and everything. But I don't know if I'm gonna feel. Uh, as excited, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna feel, man. I was still gonna love the team, but yeah, that's weird. I've never really thought about that before. That's a good thought. I don't know, man. I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, so you know, we're gonna talk. We're gonna get back to the Lions. Um, you know, the, the, the current day Lions here on the other side of the break. But, but first, before we do that, I, I want to talk about your your four three eight podcast that you uh, you've got going in the iHeart Media. Uh, the next greatest podcast um, contest. Uh, I listened to this podcast the other day, and it is amazing. Um, for Thanks, the people man. who haven't listened, you want to you want to tell them what it's about? 
Yeah, I appreciate it. So it, it's kind of funny if I could just backtrack to how this thing all started. Um, it, it, it's a it's an interesting story. It's a true story. Uh, it's something that I experienced as a young kid. Um, it was like a social media. And this is before the, the boom of the Internet. Uh, I didn't have Internet when this thing first started. Many of us, maybe a few households did. But, you know, chat rooms and message boards, those things weren't as common yet. This is the mid 90s. And uh, growing up, huge wrestling fan, WWF. Uh, it, so locally in Detroit, there was a system of wrestling hotlines, toll free. And they pretty much became a social media because there was an interactive piece to it. And uh, a lot of good came from it. I've got some people that I still call my friend. You know, there's people that that their marriage, they got married from meeting on this thing. But there was a, a huge scandal surrounding it. And so the guy that was kind of the ringleader of these hotlines, he was the pioneer. He worked for the Detroit News. He was just a wicked individual. And I think he knew that it was 10 and 12 and 13 year olds like me that that flocked on this system, these system of hotlines. And uh, he used that to his advantage. And he took advantage of a lot of young ones a few that I actually know. Uh, it's an intriguing story. And so we we, we, ended, we submitted this podcast. I think they had about 3,000 submissions. They narrowed it down to 10 podcasts. Ours is one of the ones that they selected. Um, yeah, give it a listen. It's sponsored by Tongo and iHeartRadio. Um, and I, I, I have to mention Chris Perfett, um, who helped with this project. He was the producer. You know, I had the story. I lived it. But the, the beauty of someone that has a, the, the storytelling uh, acumen that he has, he put it all together in a cohesive uh, type of situation. So he did a great job. Um, we've been getting good feedback. So hopefully we win the contest. But I'll say this, if we win or not, the story is going to continue. It's going to be a, uh, in, whether with their outlet or whoever the outlet is, um, we've been getting some pretty good feedback. So check it out. It's called 438, the original social media. Uh, you can see it on pretty much any one of Pride of Detroit's Twitter, or you can go to nextgreatpodcast.com and check out the pilot. Please do. And I hope you all enjoy it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I remember, uh, I was, I remember calling those numbers when I was a kid. I, I wasn't as uh, deep into it as, as a lot of people like you were or, or your friends or anything like that. You know, I mean, it was just something that I would call just to kind of get some invite inside information. There were a couple other phone numbers that were, that were in the, uh, the, the phone book at the time. So it was nice to just like get some inside info, but I, I remember it kind of going away and never really knowing why. Um, and now we do know why, you know, we, because uh, there was a lot of, a lot of bad stuff going on with a really bad guy. And uh, I, I look forward to, uh, to hearing the rest of this story. I mean, you had mentioned that you, you plan to, to do the pod, even if you don't win the contest and you're going to continue to go. Is that, Still the plan, or yeah, that's still the plan, man. We, we we're lining up resources, and so since it's come out, more individuals that were part of this, we call it the four three eights. So more individuals that were part of the four three eight community have come forward with just stories and experiences. Now that they've kind of sampled the direction we're going in, they want to work with you know work with us, provide more information. So it's multifaceted. Um, it's it's got the kind of scandalous nature, unfortunately, with with the ML Curly a guy, uh, but it's it's got some nostalgia to it. It's got some uh, you know a little bit of history of Detroit, of pro wrestling. It's a little bit of a coming of age story. You know, 
we were 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, and young men and ex- with our life experiences. And obviously, as you start to build friendships, we all had the common thing. We liked wrestling, but eventually it branched off and we would talk about everything. You know, we talk about our lives. We were, we were becoming uh, from adolescents to young men at that time. So uh, it, it's a lot of layers to the story. And uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to continue this. And um, hopefully it's with iHeart, but if not, uh, it, it's going to be out there for sure. So what's the timeline on that, Jerry? Do we know when um, when iHeart will get back to you? And uh, if if so, I mean, regardless of what happens, do we know uh, a, sort of an ETA when the pod will be re-released? Or? Yeah, so uh, voting ended today, Tuesday, December 8th. Uh, it was like a two-week time period. They haven't given us any updates on uh, who was leading in votes and different things like that. I mean, if I'm being honest, I do feel confident that and the other podcasts are good too. I feel like our story was just kind of unique. It's, it's not something you hear often. It kind of had a <clears throat> a spin to it. I could see people responding well. Uh, so voting ended today. They're going to get back with us at some point this month, probably the next week or so. They said on if we won. So if we if we won the contest, uh, the beginning of the new year is when through iHeart those episodes will come out. If not. Then we kind of got to go back to the drawing board, see who would like to pick it up, see what the format is going to be. But um, we're going to strike while the iron's hot. It, it won't be a long delay, whether it's with iHeart or whoever is with with uh, getting this story out. Because so far, it seems like people have been interested in it. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna go ahead and, and move forward. Yeah, not to you know beat the dead horse, man, but it is an amazing show, and I really enjoyed listening to the, the first you. episode and. Um, and I, I, you know, I didn't listen to any of the other ones, but I do think that you should win because, you know, it has a true crime feel to it. And, you know, if you look at the podcast charts, I mean, everybody loves true crime stuff. So there's there's that. And then, you know, obviously wrestling uh, is a big deal as well. There's a lot of wrestling fans in the world, as as you and I know, because we're both big fans. Yep. Um, I, I mean, there's something there for everybody, man. There's, it, I really think that people should listen to that. So, yeah, I listen to it on Spotify. I'm sure you can find it anywhere you can find pod, uh, podcasts. So, yep, definitely Spotify, go out and Apple, you name it. Yeah, definitely go out and listen to that. But all right, well, we're going to talk about the uh, the current Detroit Lions on the other side of the break. Uh, we'll be right back. threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com Welcome back to the Man Coverage Show with our special guest, Jerry Mallory of Pride of Detroit. Jerry, man, dude, they won. (laughs) (laughs) How about that game on Sunday? Uh, I don't think that any – look, I don't know about you. I I was pre-writing my column uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter 
And my entire column was about how they lost. Um, and then I had to rewrite everything with three minutes left. Like I've had to do so many times with the Lions. I mean, geez, what do you think of this game? I mean, this was this was something to watch. Interesting game, to say the least. I'm glad they won. I'm team win. You know, I don't care if, if about draft picks and things like that. So this game was interesting. Um, if I'm being frank, so I had some personal things kind of come up over the weekend with uh, someone close to our family. And my coping mechanism is sleep. So I, although I, I did start to watch the game, I, I ended up falling asleep, man. It's just kind of how I deal with, with issues. And so I, I I fell asleep. We were down. And I this is very rare for me. I, I try not to miss a Lions game or a second of it, but it is what it is. But, but when I woke up, I think it was the Quentin, the, the, uh, the Cephas touchdown. Yeah. Um, and with the rest was history, man. Um, it was a, a fun game. I went went back, rewatched the whole thing. You know, a key play with uh, Oguara was huge. And then just seeing Stafford, you know, throw the ball like he did was very refreshing. Um, it, there's no denying these guys are probably happy that Matt Patricia is gone. You might have a couple of, you know, maybe Patriots guys that miss him, but it seems like they're being themselves. They're playing loose. This is the type of team that probably Golden Tate he would still be here on, uh, that Darius Slay would still be here on, that Quandre Diggs would still be here on. Um, but, you know, the guys that we have that now. Richard Sherman might assign well. you. <laughs> and Richard Sherman might very well come to. Uh, so it, it, it's yeah. good seeing it. it. It's a good win from this standpoint. We know the Bears are not that good. They, you know, whatever. But we scored a lot of points against a good defense. That's kind of the thing I'm focusing in on. They're like a top five defense still. They typically lose because they can't score a lot of points. Now, conversely, we gave up a bunch of points to what I think is the worst offense in the NFL. So that side of the ball, it still has, you know, a a lot of ways to go. But it was a fun game, and I'm rooting for them to win out. If they can sneak in the playoffs, great. If they can go eight and eight, that means we're probably not as far away from being decent as we would have thought. So a, a new coach could do, you know, a world of wonder for us. Yeah, you know, that's something that's kind of on some people's minds. I, I think that most people are believing that the Lions are, you know, that was it. That was the last win of the season. Yeah. They're probably going to lose out. It's a really tough schedule ahead with the Titans, the Bucks, the Packers. Uh, even the Vikings are in playoff position at the moment, and they've been playing a lot better uh, lately. Uh, but what if, you know, do you, do you think – uh, with an offense the way that they were running it on Sunday without their, uh, uh, DeAndre Swift and without Kenny Galladay, I mean, is it really out of, too far out of the question to think that the Lions, if they get those guys back healthy, that maybe they could win a bunch of shootout games and somehow make the playoffs? I mean, are, are we just talking miracles here? I think the math is still there. You know, if they went out, the the math is really in their favor to get that seventh seed. Um, you're looking at the Cardinals, who we have the tiebreaker against. They would just have to lose one more. That means we would have beaten the Bucks, who uh, at that point, you know, if they lost another one somewhere, uh, that means we would have beaten Minnesota. So some type of tiebreaker has to be factored in there. The math is on our side, but – I don't think anything else really is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was our last win. Maybe we'll sneak in one more. I, you know, but 
I, I don't think we really have enough, just, just the defense. I know shootouts are a possibility, uh, but at the same time, man, 34, 40, 45. I mean, how many points will we have to score to beat the Packers? 50? I don't know. This, to me, this is one of the worst defenses I've ever seen, including the 0-16 team. So um, the math is on our side, but I think that's it. It, 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 it might have been our last victory, to be honest. That defense is just horrible. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, they, you know, you saw on Sunday what the 31st ranked, you know, offense did to this team. And, uh, and like you mentioned, they got the Packers coming up and we saw what Aaron Rodgers and company did in week two. Yeah. It's, it's not hard to believe that they can go out and do that again. Um, the Titans, obviously with Derrick Henry, the lions are susceptible to the run game. Derrick's going to run all over them. Scary. I mean, if you yeah. got Derrick, if you got Derrick on your, on your fantasy team in playoffs, you you're, you're going to win that game probably. And, I think you know. I think Tampa Bay is beatable. I think Minnesota yeah. is beatable. But those those two games right there with with Green Bay and and Tennessee, I just don't see a path to victory there. I I really don't. So it's a quick turnaround. I just don't think the defensive talent is there. The speed isn't there. But I will say this: I will be watching the Green Bay game with a little bit of you know renewed interest. If for some reason. They could do some type of patchwork on the defense and pull that game off. Green Bay is probably the best team left on our schedule, even including Tennessee. So if they're capable of beating Green Bay on the road. Now the rim of possibility is is a little bit brighter because I think that is the best overall team. So, you know, I'm rooting for it. I'm going to keep rooting for them to win, even if it's not making the playoffs. Winning means guys we're counting on next year are playing well. You know what I mean? Right. So even if it's just seven wins, that means probably Ragnar's looking good still. And Hawkinson is still playing at a Pro Bowl level. And Swift is playing at a really good level for a rookie. I don't care about some random guy in 2021 that we could draft. If we if we hire the right GM, whether we're picking three or whether we're picking 13, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna figure some things out. I care more about the guys on the team. So give me all the wins possible. That means some of the guys here are playing good. Right. You know, it's it's really hard to explain to people. Uh, you know, I get it, man. A high draft pick, you you automatically equate that with, you know, this is going to be a player that is going to be a star no matter what. But look at a lot of the teams that are winning and that are picking late. They're still picking really good players. They're still picking great players because they know how to scout and they know how to pick. And and if the Lions could get on that level, if the Lions could know how to scout and know how to pick, then it wouldn't matter how many games they lose the year before. Um, and, and that's sort of been their that's the been their issue. And and again, like you know, I know that people want to say that we got to lose to to draft a higher uh, you know player, but it's not like the Lions are going out there and drafting the Lombardi Trophy or something. Like exactly, you know, the, you're you're not drafting a guy who's realistically going to make a world of difference next year. Um, you know, I, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I, I, I don't understand the idea with Lions fans that we need to continue to lose out to draft higher uh, next year when we've done that a million times and it's never worked. We've had good draft picks for about 20 years now. So they still think that's the solution. We've done that, <laughs> you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it's clearly 
deeper and bigger than that. And uh, I'm with you, man. I'll be rooting for them to win every game. Now, if it's the last game of the year and, you know, you literally are sitting there and you could get, you know, Trevor Lawrence or something, it's not even mathematically really possible now. But, if you know, when it's the last game of the year and, and everything is mathematically off the table, yeah, sure. Like a few years ago when they when they beat Green Bay and it cost us like three draft spots. I did want them to lose that game. I mean, there's balance to it. But, right. you know, this at this point of the year with everything going on, I'm not with it, man. I want them to win. Right. They're not going to catch the Jets and, you know, they're not going to catch some of the other bad teams in the league, um, you know, but there's still a chance to to get a, you know, a, a 15, 16, you know, pick or something like that. If you if they win a few more games, yep. which isn't bad. Again, if you have the if you if you hire the right GM who and who hires the right scouts, then you can go out and get yourself a good player. But um I, I'm on the. So I, I think another thing to discuss about Sunday's win is. Uh, and, and a continuance of winning would be another confirmation that Matt Patricia truly was the issue. And you saw it on Sunday. Uh, the players just looked, as you mentioned, regenerated. I mean, they, they looked happy. They were on the sideline. They were showing uh, so much. Um, uh, uh, they were just happy. They were showing yeah. so much uh, euphoric, you know, type behavior with their patent, Daryl on the head. I mean, they they were super excited. And I think that says a lot. And I think when you can get your team in that type of feel, um, that that's a good thing. And and that's where you can maybe get some momentum towards a possible run. I mean, I know it's a miracle, but this is the type of thing that helps with that. Um, with that in mind, is it crazy to think that maybe Daryl Bevel should be in the head coaching discussion? Um, no, it's not crazy. He has to be considered if, you know, things turn around and especially if we make the playoffs, he has to be in consideration. But at the end of the day, I'm hearing maybe they might go with the head coach and then the GM. I would prefer them to, uh, you know, have the GM, let the GM be a part of that process. But no, Daryl Bevel being a part of the equation is not crazy. I have no proof of this or now, I'm not saying what definitively Daryl Bevel is, but maybe he's like a Jim Caldwell. You know, we wax poetically about Caldwell now, but at the time he got fired, it, it was probably justified for what the Lions wanted right. to do. We just didn't hire the right replacement for him. We we made a downgrade. You know, maybe Bevel is one of those players' coaches that, you know, someone will like to play for and someone's going to play happy for but is he going to be the best X's and O's? Is he going to be the guy that's going to, you know, get you to that next level? I don't know. I, I don't get that vibe from him, but ultimately uh, he deserves to be in the conversation. And uh, just another side note, man, you know, Matt Patricia should have been the first person to congratulate this guy, right? They've been working together now for a year and a half, close to two years. You would think they have a decent working relationship as another man, you should be happy for him, happy for his success. I get you're upset that you lost, but it, just story after story about this guy's character uh, comes out in, in the fact that maybe he has reached out to Bevel now, but when when, he, when Bevel was asked, it, it wasn't there. Patricia should have been the first person to contact and congratulate this guy. It just speaks to who he is. I feel like the yeah. year one, Patricia, who was an absolute jerk and rude to players and, and no one liked him and he was saying all these crazy things. That was who he was. Year two 
when he changed his habits and started to come to uh, press conferences on time and was a little bit better, that's who he forced himself to be to keep his job because he did such a horrible job year one. But I feel like the true man, who he really is, was year one when he was a complete jerk. Yeah, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Um, and 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 as you can see, I mean, we remember the day that that Matt Patricia got fired. Uh, current Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay liked that that update on on uh, on Instagram. I mean, when you have a current player uh, who's on contract here, by the way, liking the firing of a head coach that that says a lot. And and I know you know I've talked to to other writers and I've talked to some other people that are uh, around the situation and, and, you know, there, you know, there's some stuff there, but that we can't really talk about on on the air, but it it wasn't all great. It was never great. There was, it seems like there was a lot of toxicity around Um, Matthew Stafford clearly didn't like the guy uh, clearly likes Sarah Bevel. Um, And, you know, with Deshaun Robinson, uh, his tweet about, uh, Matt Patricia is saying he was going to take his career away. It's like, that's the kind of guy that you're dealing with here. That's what Matt Patricia is. Frankly, you know, when I see stuff like that, I don't think he should have another job in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's the way I feel. I'm sure plenty of people will disagree. I'm sure new England is going to hire him back as early as next year. Who knows? But not, nah, man, you can't do that. That's not how you coach young men. That's not how you coach anybody. You, you cannot, you cannot go in there and threaten people's careers and uh, trade people away to, uh, to, you know, quiet the locker room down. It's just, um, just insane, man. And that's why I think that these guys, they killed the franchise. You know, they may have killed the franchise. Yeah. Good riddance. Um, I don't know what he may end up doing and with his future endeavors. I don't know if maybe his rocket science, whatever he did might be a better fit for him. But, you know, even that last year in new England, the defense, it wasn't that great. You know, that, you look at that Super Bowl game. I think a lot of us was looking at him as the next coach when they played the Eagles and they got lit up. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for him. But, um, you know, I think we're all – it's an understatement to say that we're glad he's gone. Absolutely. Um, so before we get to our next segment here, I, I'm just curious. I mean, what do you, what is it that you're looking for in, in a GM and a head coach? What is it – some of the traits that you that are really important to you? I don't know. I'm shell shocked because I was I was all in on Matt Patricia. I had the shirt. Yeah. I thought it was the answer. So I clearly don't know what I want. But if I had to think about it, I mean Sala seems to be from a culture standpoint, something that we could get behind. He seems to be very respectful of the players. He seems to be a player's coach. You know, a lot with the coaching has to do with how you treat players. That's why Phil Jackson has so many rings. There's other coaches that are better at X's and O's than Phil Jackson. Now, it does help to have Michael Jordan and Shaq and Kobe in their primes, but he was able to manage those personalities as well, where a lot of people wouldn't be able to do so. So it looks like uh, Robert Sala kind of fits that bill as someone that knows how to deal with players, has that kind of, you know, the old mantra, you run through a brick wall for him. He's got the local ties. I don't think this is a very attractive uh, position or uh, destination this time around. The last few times we had a young Matthew Stafford, and we still believe in him, but he is 32. Um, so I, I feel like Jacksonville might be more attractive. Uh, the Texans, you know, so Sala having our home roots 
it just might be the perfect storm where we can get a top tier candidate based on that and his ties with uh, the city of Detroit. Yeah, I I think it's it's a foregone conclusion that he will at least get an interview at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not surprised by that. For me, you know, and, and if, if the Lions were to hire Salah, I would be okay with that. It, it would be a fine, it would be a fine hiring, I, I suppose. I mean, I, I do like his, his uh, mantra and I like his, his, uh, his overall, you know, uh, the way that he is. Um, but for me, you know, it's always been, you, you got to get one of these young guys. I mean, look at Kyle Shanahan, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Sean McVay, these young guys who have, Fresh ideas. Uh, they're not guys that got fired from another team uh, who failed at head coach at some other time or something like that. Or they're not somebody who rode someone else's uh, coattails, at least not as much as like a Matt Patricia right. did. I mean, it's it's new ideas. Uh, it's somebody that could come in and draw up things that, you know, that aren't aren't normal. He, who understands that uh, this is a passing league, that, you know, it's all about uh, big, big plays, chunk plays and things like that these days. It's not about running the ball uh, and establishing the run and run, run, pass and all the things that this uh, prior regime was doing. So that's kind of the thing that I'm looking for. Just something, uh, somebody who's young, maybe somebody who's never even coached in the NFL. I'm open to, you know, Matt Campbell, uh, you know, uh, I believe it's Iowa State. I believe he is, is he, he's at. Uh, um, you know, I'm open to something like that—a college coach, a young college coach who's going to come in and and with new ideas. That's really all I want—is some new ideas. Let's try something that we haven't tried before. Breathe a little life into us. Um, I think that could work. I wonder. I know with the GM, the 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 T leads are they want a guy with experience? Is that going to be the same with the coach? I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that either. That that is kind of the trend. Whereas Patricia wanted to buck the trend, whatever everyone else was doing, he wanted to zag where everyone zigged. Uh, going with someone that's a young offensive mind that has been proven to be successful lately, I, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. No, not not one bit. Um, yeah, and with GM, who knows? Uh, lots of people are pointing to Thomas Dimitrov. Who uh, was who's let go from Atlanta earlier this uh, this year? But that's a guy who put together two Super Bowl uh, bound teams. So um, that's something to look at. Uh, you know, it, it's not all his fault that Atlanta just fell off. I mean, everybody started getting. You know, Julio has not been himself in in a while, and Matt Ryan is old, and there's a lot going on there that's not necessarily uh, traced back to the GM. So we'll see what happens there, but. Anyways, uh, we got, we're going to put Jerry through the lightning round. But first, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Man Coverage. Today we've got Jerry Mallory of our own Pride of Detroit. Super, super happy to have the guy on here. Love him. Love having him. Uh, we're going to put you through our patented lightning round. That's 10 questions. You've, you've listened to the pod. You know what we're going to do. It's 10 questions. I'm that excited. It's food related. It's sports. It's entertainment. It's apparel even. We got it all. Are you ready? 
Let's do it, man. All right. Let's start you off here. Uh, what are you watching right now? What are you streaming on Netflix, Hulu? What's your show? I watch the same thing over and over for about 10 years. I, I watch The Office. I watch it all the time. It's on repeat. Uh, so The, the Office... Um, but then I always like to watch kind of lighthearted stuff. Uh, I don't get into things too deeply. I like Portlandia. It's, it's just offbeat humor, kind of weird humor. And then uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to put my wife into this one. Well, I like the show, too. I'm not going to put that caveat out there. We watch New Girl again, just lighthearted, a little bit of humor type thing. So that's what I've been watching lately. I did see Tenet, the Christopher Nolan movie. Complete mind bender. I've I've been watching reviews on explaining that for the last uh, week now because it's it's a little difficult to understand, but it was a good movie. Yeah, I still haven't watched that yet. Uh, it's definitely on the list of things to do. Um, but The Office, yeah, you know we're we're in season seven right now. We we're on like rewatch number eighty five at this point. Like we just exactly we can't stop watching this show. It might be. Besides Fresh Prince of Bel Air, obviously, it might be the greatest show that ever existed. I, let me ask you. Let me ask you something real quick. Are you moving over to Peacock January first? Because I think it's the office is leaving Netflix January first. I think we're going to switch. We're going to keep Netflix, but we'll we'll probably be adding Peacock so that we can still stream the office. Yeah, I have Peacock. Uh, I don't pay for the for the service of it. You know, it's free for most of the stuff on there. Um, I don't plan on picking up their service. I, you know, I, I, if anything, I'll just buy all the office on DVD and uh, just Smart watch it man. that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, here's what we got next. Who's your favorite football player of all time? I think I know who it might be. Yeah, it's Barry. Can I give you my second one? Because Barry is, I mean, he's number yeah. one, two, and three. But um, Terrell Owens, man, huge T.O. fan. Um, I understand his antics, you know, not the best for a team, but just in terms of entertainment and his style of play, I loved. I loved his work ethic. You know, it showed him the field. It showed with his, you know, his physique. Um, Barry is obviously number one. He's my favorite athlete of all time. But just to g- give a little variety, uh, T.O. Terrell Owens is my guy. Yeah. Well, for people who don't know uh, Jerry or live in Jerry's neighborhood, he also likes to uh, – Go outside and do sit-ups in the driveway shirtless, just like T.O. does. He's, if you, he's really if you, if you blink, you don't know who's who, man. That's right. You can't even tell the difference. Man. He looks just like him. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Backstreet Boys are in sync. I should have I should have prepared for this. I, I've heard you ask that question before. Let, let's see. I'm going to go with yeah. – uh, I can get with both of them, man. I'm, I'm from the TRL era, you know. Um, I used to sit with my buddies and we would watch TRL and, you know, all the Eminem and NSYNC. But I, I'll go with NSYNC Slight Edge. They've got a few songs I like a little bit better. And then if you if you got the branch out, Justin Timberlake has some really good solo albums. I've seen him in concert. Um, you know, props to Backstreet Boys, but Slight Edge to NSYNC. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I got a bonus question for you because I know you and I have sort of talked about this sort of thing before. So if you had to choose, I'm going to give you three artists from the nineties. You got to choose who, who you, who you want to see live as your last concert ever. Uh, Okay. Let me see here. We got Tony Braxton, (laughs) who I'm in love with. 
Yeah, me too. En Vogue, who was my first crush ever. En Vogue was my first crush ever. Uh, the whole group. And um, let's throw let's throw Monica in there. You got mm. those three those three ladies. Who are you going to see? It's the last concert you could ever see in your life. Oh, I'm going with Tony Tony Braxton. That's that's yeah, that's my it, baby, man. man. I've seen her twice. I saw her in Vegas at the Flamingo back in 2006. Excellent show. I saw her a couple years ago here. I don't know. She said she had a cold or something. She wasn't really hitting the notes like normal. But yeah, Tony Braxton, man, her first album, another, I think it was called Another Sad Love Song. It's like seven singles on there. All hits. Just hit after hit after hit. That's one of the best debut albums you're going to find. So, yeah, Tony Braxton, 10 times out of 10. All right, I I would go to En Vogue because I still am in love with with all of them. I I mean I listened to some En Vogue earlier this week. Uh, I, I just love them. I, I love yeah, they're them good, so much. Man. Don't let go. That's a solid they're song. Good. That's a jam, man. Uh, he, he, I even like you know uh, giving him something he can feel. I mean that's, that's another jam. One. I mean it they're is. all jams. They're all mm-hmm. jams. Uh, all right, dogs or cats? Dogs, man. I, so I got a. Uh, I guess he's not quite a puppy anymore, but I, I didn't grow up with pets. My mom wasn't big into pets. So we just, you know, my first foray into the dog world was two, three years ago. It was an anniversary gift for my wife. We got a little dachshund, Nolan. We named him Nolan after Christopher Nolan. Um, and yeah, I, I just told her this morning, I said, I don't know what I did my first 30 something years of life, not having a dog in my life. So yeah, definitely a dog guy. Yes, I I very much love my dog. Um, there's many occasions where I'll come home and I'll go to the dog before I go to my wife. Like, yeah, I just love that damn dog. And he'll so he'll beat you. He'll beat you if you don't go to him first. He'll beat you to the punch anyway, and he's 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 probably running right to you, man. Got oh, yeah, love he usually meets me at the door. He usually meets me at the door. We have an automatic uh, deadbolt, and when that thing goes off, he knows that somebody's here. See exactly. Um, <laughs> All right, what's your favorite movie? Oh, uh, man, it's it's a group of movies. If I had to just pick one, I I like to go with the emotion that a movie evokes. So this isn't the best movie, but The Dark Knight evoked just the emotions of watching that the first time, the excitement, just kind of seeing a comic book in that in that realm uh, was was amazing. So I'm gonna go with Dark Knight uh, as as a choice, but I, I have to give a shout out to a few more Pope Fiction, yeah. uh, Unbreakable. Uh, those two are you know are movies I enjoy quite a bit too. But if I'm just picking one, yeah, Dark Knight, man. It movies are about enjoyment, right? You know, so right. got to go with that. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the other day with you know with this this Warner Brothers thing that's going on with HBO Max. There's a mm-hmm. chance that maybe theaters theaters might be gone. Yeah. And I I was thinking about some of the best theater experiences I've ever had and Dark Knight is right up there. I mean, I just remember sitting in that theater uh everybody's jaw had was dropped. I mean, it was like we couldn't believe what Heath Ledger was doing with that character Amazing. and how great of a performance he was putting forth. Um uh, just yeah, absolutely great great movie. Can I give you one it, it just I can't we can't say theater experience without me mentioning this. Yeah. Eight Mile, opening weekend. Uh, I think it was like Star Southfield. So it's like, you know, right next to Detroit. They were carding us, you know, to make sure you were old enough to get in there to watch it because you had to be 
what, 14 or however old with, without a parent. It was like a concert, dude. We were, it was, that was the best theater experience at the last, the freestyle battle at the end. We were all yeah. standing up. We were cheering. That was amazing. Just, I've never seen anything like it at an actual movie. Yeah, sometimes I just sometimes I just watch the freestyle battle video by itself because it's still good to this day. I still love yeah. it. But oh. yes, I, my my eight mile experience is a little different. I was living in Memphis, Tennessee at the at the time, but everybody knew I was from the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. And all night it was like, is it really like that? Is that really what it looks like? <laughs> is there really rap battles? Is is all that stuff really happening? Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah, it's uh, that was a fun night, I guess. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, so every week I put my guests through a scenario and you, sir, will be no different. So here's how we're going to do it. Let's do it like this. Uh, I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you at. Your own 20 yard line. OK, you're down six. You're always down six. I know everybody listens to this podcast knows you're always down six. Um uh, so you're, yeah, your own 20-yard line, you're down six. Let's go with 28 seconds left and mm-hmm. one timeout. Mm-hmm. 28 seconds, one timeout. And you've got the uh, Terrell Owens era, San Francisco 49ers, um, equipped with uh, Jeff Garcia as your quarterback. How are you going to win that game? Oh, my goodness. I got one timeout. So I'm either – so I'm starting off, I'm going to try to draw them off sides, you know, the classic, you know, thing. So let's see if Jeff Garcia can, you know, do a little hard count so I can get a free play in there. I think my first play is a decoy because everyone's – you know, they're waiting for a T.O. to make something big. So I'm probably going to try to take the, the over-the-top safety out of the equation with something huge to T.O. You know, if it's there, he's got speed to kill. If, if it's a good shot, I'll give it to him. But I might be looking at J.J. Stokes who he could stretch the field a little bit too. I don't think the defense is going to be looking at him too closely. So I might not necessarily have to get the full, you know, 80 yards, uh, you know, to get the touchdown right off the bat. But if I can get a huge chunk from J.J. Stokes, call that timeout, and then I'm in within distance for a Hail Mary for the last play of the game. All right. I like it. We'll take it. Uh, All right. So if you could be a pro athlete, what sport would you play? Uh, I was best at football, but I probably basketball. I enjoy playing that the most, so I'll go with basketball. Yeah, you know, uh, my entire childhood was about how I was going to go to the NBA and nobody was going to stop me, uh, despite my parents saying, they're, you know, it's it's like one in a million. Uh, and I'm like, no, it's going to happen, man. I, every day I was out on the court, every day. You were ready. Uh, every, I was ready, but then I only hit five foot eleven, and and, and that was it, man. I mean, you got the strength, you got the length, you know, you got the height, you could probably pull it off, but, but I, I just didn't get the height, man. I, 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 I could still ball though. I mean, can't yeah. get me on the court and I'm trouble. You know, Jay Billis would have loved me. I'm six, three, but I have a seven foot wingspan. So that would have been, that would have been my little draft blurb, um, super long arms. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it basketball man it's just something about it love playing it you know growing up as much as i could I, i've had quite a few injuries playing it but yeah that's, that's the one i'm going with all right i like it uh, a few more questions here all right this is a, this is a big one here um could get contentious if, uh, if things uh, don't go the right way um what's your go-to pizza toppings 
Um, I like vegetables with with some type of meat. Um, I am I'm 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 good with pineapple. I know that always is a question. I'm good with it. But where's the if, mute if, button on this thing? Right, exactly. <laughs> Here we go. But no, if if I can make my perfect pizza, give me pepperoni, sausage, green peppers, onions, and uh, mushrooms. I like a little bit of veggies. Or if I get some diced tomatoes on there too, little veggies with a little bit of meat. Okay, all right. Uh, Nike or Adidas. I like them both, um, but I'll, I'll give the slight edge to Nike. All right. All right, Jerry, here's the big question. You listen to the show. You know where this is going. This is this is what it's all about here. Are quarterback wins real? No, they're so not real. Uh, football is the ultimate team game, man. Um, you got 45 guys that suit up each week, you know, 53-man roster. I think football is uh, – Coaching is probably more important in football than almost any other sport. There's so much. I think QB wins. We should know for a fact that QB wins isn't real just from Matthew Stafford. If you drop Matthew Stafford in so many situations in the NFL, he would have already won by now. I really think in his era, there's only four or five quarterbacks. That's that's just outright better than him. You know, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, a couple of those guys. But some of these teams that have won, the New York Giants and the Titans have had some pretty good years. And these, you know, the Rams, uh, if Stafford was on those teams, Atlanta, the Bears, a few of their defensive teams, those teams probably would have won the whole thing. So, no, QB wins aren't real. It's, it's the ultimate team game. Couldn't have said it any better, man. Uh Again, hey, Jerry, I want to thank you for coming on on such short notice. Um, My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for the people who who knew who our guest was going to be this week, it was going to be Drew McCarthy from ESPN 961. Uh, Unfortunately, he had an incident uh, that he had to take care of. He will be on the show. I don't know if it's going to be later this season or next season. But uh, having Jerry on today was awesome. Really enjoyed having the conversation. And please go out and listen to that 438 podcast. It's wherever you can find uh, your fine podcast listening tool, whatever it is that you use. And also, uh, you know, follow us on Pride of Detroit. Uh, You can find my work there and Jerry's work there. And uh, look for those videos that Jerry puts out uh, when he puts them out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening this week.